With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa. We are now going to be affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers Podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with J.D. Styles from Cali Sports News reporting live from the Stanley Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Las Vegas franchise history, George McPhee. With Pat Quinn... You know, I'm likely the finest man I've ever met in my life. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Quinn Malarczyk. There's something about George McPhee that everybody says is a good pick. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Dana Lane, play-by-play voice of the UNLV Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dana Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Pryor of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Stars training camp. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner, along with Chris Lisa, as always. Good to talk to you this Saturday morning, where I'm at, but most likely Saturday afternoon or even evening to our European listeners. We always want to give a shout-out to the people across the pond there. It's really fun and exciting to see the listening audience grow and expand into Finland, France, Norway, the UK, um, it's pretty neat to get all the emails and, and see our stats grow with you guys across the pond. So special shout out to you guys on this Saturday morning. Chris, good day to you, sir. How are things back east in Long Island? Yeah, all the snow is gone. No shuffling this week. So uh, <laughs> Okay, we okay. Almost, we almost hit 60 degrees the other day. So go, go figure. But uh, ready to talk some hockey. Yeah, well, if you were at 60, we, you were warmer than us here in Las Vegas because we've been hovering in the 40s and and uh, no no rain today. But the last, say, 48 hours, we've been having just constant, constant rain. And then a few days before that, 50 to 60 mile an hour winds. And they picked cool. up again last night. Yeah. And in fact, I had uh, a, a letter on my garage door. Some some kid had lost his drone. And they were canvassing the neighborhood. Well, I found it in my front yard yesterday. I guess it blew off my roof. Uh, so I got a I got a phone call this afternoon to bake. Hopefully, I'll be returning some kid's Christmas present to him. Little little drone toy. But so yeah, after your snow, it's been a little bit nicer here than back east. Go figure, huh? Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess news of the week. You're you're uh, you're writing for Eyes on Isles, the fan sided radio or fan sided sports network. 
as uh, Islanders columnist there. So I guess the news you wanted to get to first and foremost as we break the ice here is that John Tavares came out this week reiterating his desire and intention to stay in New York and and continue playing for the Islanders after his contract expires next year. You being much closer to the action back there than me. Um, first of all, what prompted that? It seems like he's still over you know a year and a half removed from uh, being a free agent. And secondly, that had to have been uh, received well in Islanders Nation, I would think. Yeah, I mean, uh, over the summer, he appeared on Sportsnet Toronto, and they try to stir the pot in a friendly way, if you will, being that he's a Toronto kid, and maybe that he could be a Leaf after uh, coming back home after his contract ends. But he squashed it then, basically uh, saying, you know, I, I want to spend my whole career with the Islanders, and so on and so forth. Then, uh, obviously, the Islanders have had a very distant, to say the least, so the speculation ramped up again, saying, well, you know, maybe John's going to, you know, come to the thought of, you know, maybe the Islanders aren't going to be able to take the next step. Maybe I should look to leave. Uh, even though uh, about a month, a little over a month ago, again, on a low, on the big uh, sports station out here at WFAN, uh, he said the same thing, that this is where he wants to be. So I guess the, this week, the lead writer, uh, the foremost Islander writer out here, Arthur Stable from New York Newsday, uh, I guess the topic came up, and then he just pretty much put down the mandate and saying, look, this is where I wanted to be. I've said from day one, which is true. Uh, this is really, these rumors have gone on since the Islanders won the, the lottery in 2009. So this is where I want to be. My heart's with this organization. Um, I'm dedicated to this organization. You know, pretty much end of story. And then he used that platform also to say that he has not uh, played up to snuff uh, that you know, a lot of these uh, to paraphrase, a lot of these losses could have been wins because uh, he's not having uh, his best season either. You know, really, hardly anybody on the team is, to be quite frank. Other than I can probably say a couple of guys, such as uh, one of them, ironically being Thomas Grice. But uh, so yeah, that was definitely well received here. And just to put a bow on it, at the town hall ownership did at the Barclays Center last summer with all the season ticket holders. Uh, one of the new owners, Jonathan Ledecky said, you know, you can you can quote me on this, you know, John Tavares is not getting uh, the free agency. So come July 1st, the Islanders, can, uh, if they want to, that's the earliest they can sign him per the new CBA. So I would expect this summer, uh, just like with Jamie Benn, we saw this past summer with Jamie Benn with Dallas, that you'll see him lock up to probably an eight-year uh, max extension. I guess with this season um... – Going the way that it's going on in Brooklyn, I guess writers will be writers and, and speculation will start to arise if you see a, a window of opportunity, maybe thinking that the, the star might go. And, the you know, you, you got to admit, even though even though Islanders Nation is near and dear to your heart, seeing Tavares, uh, just the thought of him playing with Marner and Nylander and Matthews and and the kids coming up in Toronto, that would be an exciting hockey club. So at the very least, that kind of an article is going to record some clicks and, and get some people excited about that possibility. That would be a, that would be kind of an interesting dynamic is the one piece that maybe Toronto is missing is that veteran veteran uh, presence, if you will, to go forward, but still Toronto having, having a good season, hanging around in the ninth spot in the, uh, in the East, 
but certainly certainly an exciting an exciting topic if you will for the pundits to kick around about anyway yeah and just to make like a last point on it just like steven sam uh decided to stay in tampa sure i think he realized you know man he's another toronto kid and this is nothing against toronto but i think he realized you know what i'm really happy where i'm at not just on the ice but off the ice and you know a lot of guys in sports the ones that get it if you will say you know you can't put a price on that so I think that's where Tavares is at. He'll also understand that the microscope's a lot bigger in other markets, not that he's afraid of it. But, you know, he's a smart guy, not just on the ice, but again, off the ice. So, um, again, until he signs the contract, I guess those, that speculation will, be go, will go on to a degree. But, uh, yeah, he kind of really uh, put, put, put out the statement that was a big story out here this week. But I guess the other would you, would you is agree? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, just would you agree that the Stamkos didn't do nearly as good a job at squashing the Stamkos to rumors that Tavares has done just right now? Stamkos himself played oh, yeah. into uh, the the whole uh, we'll see what happens kind of a dialogue instead of the I'm here dialogue. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, yeah, because like I said, I mean, Tavares has been loud and clear on numerous occasions. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then Sam Coast of the Lightning uh, the previous summer didn't even talk. So, yeah, it was kind of strange how that all played out, to be quite honest. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In ter- based on, you know, what everyone was saying in the, in, in the talk or the lack of talk and all that, all of that jazz. So, no doubt about it. So that that, that was, uh, but you know, we love rumors and you know and speculation right. and all that. So I can understand that. I would argue if I was a Leafs fan, and, and not that this is ever going to happen, but if I could pick one player in the league to, to put on the Leafs, it wouldn't be John Tavares. It would be Drew Doughty because that's the kind of guy that they need Easy. on the team. Easy. Yes. <laughs> I think his his well, he's, he's going to be. He's not going anywhere. No, easy with that. That's uh, whew, don't go there. No, well, no, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not trying to start a rumor. I'm saying that's <laughs> the kind of player they need more than than anything. But he he isn't going anywhere. So real quick, so why don't we? Uh, these divisions are getting kind of kind of crazy. I think no more so than you hinted at it than the Atlantic. I mean, going into the action today, the Bruins were in second place, although they played. Many more games than everyone else in the division, with 49 points. And Detroit was in eighth place, although have three games in hand on the Bruins at 40 points. So basically, it's a total, you know, 52 pickup situation in the Atlantic between the second and eighth spot. Well, look, looking at it, Montreal's nine points clear of Boston at the beginning of play today. Boston was holding a three to two lead at uh, the time we went on the air here. I was keeping an eye on that game because our our guest today, Jillian Fisher, has uh, a little bit of both teams near and dear to her heart uh, with with the Boston Philly matchup there. And so there's nine points between Montreal and Boston and nine points between Boston and the last place uh, Detroit Red Wings. So when we talked with Colin Prale there earlier on about the Ottawa Senators, I thought with the DeSharnay and Galchenyuk injuries, Ottawa had a chance to close that seven-point gap. Um, 
and make really a run towards the division, but they have cooled off. Boston has has uh, been playing pretty consistent hockey and has passed Ottawa there for second in the Atlantic. But uh, impressed mind, with though, Toronto. Go, go ahead. So keep in, keep in mind, going into today, Ottawa is only one point behind Boston, but has five right. games in hand. So that's the thing. Uh, that, that's important. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, – uh, but like you said, Toronto, same thing. Toronto's three points behind Boston, but with their win over the Rangers last night at the Garden, uh, again, same thing. They have five games in hand on Boston as well. So that that division, and I, I'm just shocked. I have been waiting all year for Tampa Bay uh, to get going. I know they're without Stamkos, and they've had some injury, other injuries as well. So that team is just, well, Bishop, you know, Bishop especially. Yeah, but they have Vasilev. I mean, that team is just too good and too deep and too well coached uh, to be. And you know, quite frankly, they're not in the the Metro. They're in the Atlantic to boot. Uh, I, I'm I am puzzled of what's going on there. Um, I mean, I mean, it sounds crazy to think that there's a possibility that they could miss the playoffs. But you know, we're 44 games in, and they're 20, 20, and four after last night's loss. So. This division is, uh, I think, going to be really frantic in, uh, in terms of who gets the two automatic spots after Montreal, and then you know who else is going to be fighting for that second wild card along with the Flyers. Well, well, right now looking at the wild card uh, in both conferences, uh, five five teams are making it in out of one division. So when you look. When you look right now, Metropolitan Philly holding that that uh, last wild card spot, fifty points. They're three points clear of Carolina at forty seven. So even you know, even if the un, un unprecedented Carolina Hurricanes were to were to jump up in the race, that second wild card spot in the East would still be coming out of the Metropolitan Division. Um, and, and Carolina's got two games in hand on Philly. Right, right. So, I mean, that very unexpected for me. I thought Carolina was was selling the farm, getting ready to relocate the franchise when they moved Eric Stahl and so on and so forth. But uh, somehow they've been able to camp Ward with a little bit of a rebirth this season. Somehow Carolina's been able to stick around and stay in that race. Um, when you look over at the West, uh, Pacific Division's doing the same thing, although at a, maybe not at a high level as the Metropolitan Division. But all five playoff teams right now are coming out of the Pacific Division. So unless and, – and granted, when you look at the at the Western Conference as a whole, Nashville and Vancouver, surprisingly, again, only one back of L.A. there. Eight spot with – you know, Dallas could always catch fire if they could just stabilize their goaltending and get their defense in, in order uh, – only only two back at 44 points with Winnipeg at four. I'd say Arizona and Colorado are foregone conclusions. But again, a, a tight race there in the, in the back end of the Western Conference. But still both playoff teams coming out of the Pacific. Is, is Nash, is it too early? It's definitely too early to write off Nashville and Dallas, right? They, I had Nashville winning that division, which now 14 points behind Chicago. That doesn't look like it's going to happen, but... Uh, I think Nashville with Jillian about the the environment in Nashville here uh, was there, but uh, I think Nashville and Dallas both still have it in them to make a run. 
Yeah, Nashville and Dallas also. Nashville's two points behind St. Louis in the third automatic central. Dallas is only three. So, I mean, St. Louis has been a little bit better than those teams. But, you know, they've kind of over the last number of games haven't played great themselves. So they're only five games over 500 to be. And for St. Louis, again, with a team that deep, that's that's a bit surprising. They've been, they've been a very bad road team. They've been excellent at home and bad at, bad on the road. Uh uh, Nashville is very similar, so uh, as well as Dallas. So all those teams have that in common. So uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be a battle between the Hawks and Minnesota for the division. Uh, again, games in hand is an important point here. Chicago is in first place by two points, but Minnesota has five games in hand. So you know, you got to love the math and that and 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 that equation. And, and Minnesota just stumped the Canadians the other night at home. Uh, I think a seven-one win. So. Uh, uh, you know, it looks like to me that you got Chicago, Minnesota fighting for the Central. I know Edmonton's close, but I, I think at the end of the come the last month, it's going to be a battle between San Jose and Anaheim for the Pacific. And then you're going to have these other battles going on for that last spot in each division and really a, a potpourri, if you will, for, for those two wild card spots out west. Well, Dana Lane. Is get is ready to join us now. Maybe we can get a little bit of insight on what uh, where the sports book yeah. think these division races are going to go. Dana, you there, buddy? Yeah. I am. How are you? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Uh, let's kick let's kick it off. The Rebels back in action yesterday at the Mile High Showcase in Denver, uh, beginning their second four 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 game and four day stretch of the season with a resounding. 5-3 win, but what, what I wasn't able to watch the game. I'm getting a lot of feedback, Dana. Are you, uh, are you, are you beeping away there? Uh, no, well, I'm uh, manipulating traffic in the middle of Los Angeles Uh-oh. right now. So I set Uh-oh. up the uh, – I, I had to take my seatbelt off for a second, but I got it back on, so we'll see if I can – if it gets better. If Uh-oh. not, I can take Uh-oh. my headsets out. And... All right, can you hear me or uh, no? Yeah, yeah, you sound much better now. I heard I what I, I guess I what I heard was the seatbelt coming and going. Yeah. What what are you doing yeah, in sorry LA? Sorry about that. Uh, well, Blues uh, Blues Ducks tomorrow night, so I'll be at the Honda Center for that game, and then uh, today we're going to we're just about ready to get into Universal, so we're going to do that today. Okay, okay, got the fam with you, taking the kids to the amusement parks. I did no, I leave them home. I'm just taking the wife. Okay. Okay. Well, have, anyway, I, I don't. Much fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw the the Rebel game yesterday, but I was I, I was following it on on Twitter and nine first period minor penalties against UNLV, and then UNLV's Twitter feed at right. UNLV Rebel Hockey disintegrated into nothing more than a repeated uh, just penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. Um, did first, did you get a chance to see that game and was it overactive refereeing or was there just chippiness and, and, and that kind of a hockey game? No, I, I didn't get a chance to see that. Unfortunately, I was traveling and in order to see it, you had to pay, uh, Northern California or Colorado a fee to actually watch the game. So, uh, I didn't do that, but, uh, I, I can't tell you this. Uh, UNLV has a propensity sometimes of causing a few more penalties than they probably should, but uh, that's kind of what's 
that's kind of what they are and who they are. And uh, I'll get more details on, you know, the type of penalties and uh, whether or not they were warranted or not. But they're an extremely physical team, and they're scrappy. And, you know, sometimes they do cross the line a little bit. But, you know, I don't mind that as much because um, I know this team is, is kind of a team that wears you down. And I think part of wearing the opponent down maybe sometimes is, uh, you know, maybe maybe a few uh, few penalties here and there. But I know by the time that the third period rolls around, there was no doubt in my mind, even though that game was close, there was no doubt in my mind that UNLV was going to be victorious just by the type of game that I could tell was going on uh, via the Internet. Yeah, same with me. But even even with that kind of a play, that's – uh, I got it. I got to look at the referees a little bit too. That's, I mean, nine, nine just to them in the first period. And there were a few calls that went the other way as well. And then for the rest of the game, it is just, um, it's gotta be line destroying for a coach to have to go in and out of the penalty kill and the power play that, that many times. So coming out of that with a five, three win, I think fortunate to kick off the, the showcase there in Denver and move to 21 and three here on the season. Um, what's up next for them today? I know they're doing the, the four games in four days. Who do they got today? Well, things have changed a little bit uh, with the UNLV schedule. Um, and, of course, next week their home, their uh, their next home game has also changed as well. And sometimes during the course of the year you uh, you take some teams out of your uh, your schedule just because that they're not helping your strength of schedule, and that's what – uh, that's that's happened a couple times for for UNLV, but uh, they'll actually play three games in three days, and they'll play uh, Boise, I believe, today, and then Metro State to end it. But that game, and all these teams are in the in the uh, in the rankings in the top 15 at least. Um, albeit, it's it's very difficult to understand how the ACHA actually does their rankings, uh, judged yeah, by yeah, I agree judged with that. By the, uh, <laughs> judged by some of the teams that are not even 500, but they're in the top 15. And there's so much and emphasis on strength of schedule. You have a, a Williston State team that, you know, is not even a West Coast team and somehow in this region. And because of the strength of two early games against Minot State, uh, their Division One team, they've kind of they kind of have rode that the rest of the season. So it's uh, as long as we stay in that top two. Uh, they'll be fine. They'll get that automatic berth to the um, to to Columbus to play for the title. But um, it's very difficult, as sometimes, to, to figure out how the ACHA actually does their ranking. Yeah, the, by by reaching into a hat. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, Danny. It's Chris. Uh, good to have hey, you Chris. on again. So, uh, so you and Brian Blessing over at the Vegas Hockey Hotline this week had George McPhee on. Great interview. Yes. Uh, uh, give us a couple of interesting tidbits that came out of that interview. Well, a couple of things about that. Number one, we talked about the schedule, um, and and he didn't talk about it in that particular interview. But I do know that you know, obviously, they're able to make their own schedule one that kind of makes sense. And um, you know, he said that he would rather play seven games. I think Bill Bill Foley came out and said eight, so they'll probably have to get together on that main page, but are on the same page, but um, some teams have have come out, uh, you know, Vancouver probably will be involved. Anaheim and LA certainly will be involved uh, as well as Arizona for those, those uh, names. Uh, And and obviously they're finalizing that they're about 90% done on that preseason schedule, which is, 
you know, kind of interesting. This is this will be the this will be probably the preseason schedule we care about the most because just hearing teams and schedules and you know uh, knowing when we're going to play, uh, you know, probably Pacific Division rivals, I think is pretty exciting. Uh, the other thing that came out of that interview was, of course, I think the name Craig Berube as as far as potential of being the head coach of this team has gotten some steam over the last uh, week to 10 days. And interesting enough that the uh, Golden Knights are looking at Chicago as, as a place to land their affiliate, AHL affiliate, at least for now. And lo and behold, who's the coach of the uh, Chicago Wolves is Craig Berube. Um, interesting that George said in the interview that he would prefer that the coach of their American Hockey League team would be an employee of the team. So um, I'm not sure how that's all going to work out, but I thought that was pretty interesting in conjunction with the fact that that Barubi's name has, uh, at least at this time, lifted itself to the foreground. And they're good. And they're, uh, I was reading too, they were preparing uh, the next uh, mock draft. Is that correct? Yeah, they'll be doing the mock draft here in probably a week or so. It will be their third mock draft. And um, the one thing that I know about McPhee is he's a very, very detailed, and I, I think by the time this expansion draft rolls around in June, that you know they'll know exactly what direction that they're going to go in. And uh, the inter- the other interesting tidbit of that article is, or that uh, interview was, you know, we asked him how many times will you watch NHL teams? You know, how many uh, how many times will your scouts get a chance to to watch every team in the league? And he came out and said, not only will we watch the NHL teams about thirty times each. We'll also watch the AHL teams about 30 times each. So wow. this is not going to be a man that's going to leave any stone unturned. Uh, when we uh, when we finally get this expansion uh, draft underway and we get our players, it, it's, it's definitely going to be because uh, everybody on this all-star scouting staff did their job. Now, has there been any kind of a timetable yet set? I know that we'll be sharing an affiliate and it's starting to look more and more like Chicago, like you said. But has there been any kind of a timetable where we can expect um, one season, three seasons down the road to have a fully stocked AHL affiliate of, of our own, so to speak, as yeah. our own, our own meaning the Golden Knights, of course? Yeah, I think it's going to take about three years. I think the plan to start is – to put about seven to eight players um, at, at, in Chicago, if that happens to be where it's going to land, and I think you're looking at about three seasons where you get a full, fully stocked minor league system. And you know, I could, I could certainly understand where McPhee is coming from because you, if you're going to put some players there, you want to make sure that the coach there um, is somebody that's actually going to play your players. And I think in order to ensure that, that he will become. A, uh, a member of your staff. Now, the interesting part about that is uh, the original story that came out said, hey, look, this is going to be a two, three-year fix, and then they're going to move on to somewhere else. Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like to me that that's kind of the road they're going on. It sounds to me like Chicago, if that is in fact how McPhee feels, might be some sort of a permanent fix. Um, and, of course, the St. Louis Blues have been rumored to be looking to get out of there, possibly back to Missouri, where you know, Lamar Hunt Jr. emphatically came out and said that that's not true, but we know how that works. And sure. um, so we might be looking at Chicago as a permanent fix 
Uh, and I and I think it's you know look, there's a ton of flights going between Vegas and Chicago every day. It's a big market and a first class facility. Um, as much as I think it would work in, in Utah, and I've been a big proponent for them, um, I, I really wouldn't lose any sleep if Chicago was the choice. No, I agree with you on Utah as a hockey market. Um, they, they always do very well. But interesting about the Wolves, though, um, there's a time in the early to mid-2000s where they were outdrawing the Blackhawks. So you know that they'll be playing to uh, you know a fan base that is Chicago Wolves fans, um, not just spillover uh, minor league hockey fans, if you will. They, uh, they do have a fan base there. And, and like I said, they were – they were <laughs> during the dog days of the Blackhawks before Tavares and Kane. <coughs> Excuse me. The Wolves actually did outdraw the Blackhawks for two or three years in a row. Um, so that that would be yeah. And and obviously their development staff bringing up uh, Panarin and and a few of the other young players that that consistently get their shot with the Blackhawks as their roster turns over Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. They never seem to miss a beat. Um, once again, on top of that division by uh, comfortable margin. For, um, so I, I can see Chicago working out quite well, actually. Yeah, and the other thing about Chicago, too, I remember during that period, um, and I think it was back you know, when the Wolves and the Las Vegas Thunder played in the, in the IHL together, I think there was a, a billboard in Chicago that said, come see the Wolves, we win. So <laughs> that will tell you exactly how uh, – how they felt about nice. the Chicago Wolves versus the Blackhawks, because remember at the time that, you know, the Blackhawks were uh, not even on television, local television there. So, um, you know, they did a great job of reconnecting with their fans there, but they also, during that period of time, did a great job of disconnecting from their fans as well. Yeah, for sure. Winning does that, and so does getting uh, Tavares and Kane in, in consecutive drafts doesn't doesn't hurt when you're <laughs> trying to re-energize a fan base. Uh, uh, Chicago. So, so, hey, you're going to the game tomorrow <laughs> night, Anaheim. Uh, yep. You got a uh, you got a pick on that game that we can get out of the Dana Lane sports side of Dana Lane? Well, it's hard for me to not like where Anaheim is going at this point. I, I, I'm a big fan of teams that don't necessarily feel like that they have to have an hour long tribute to people coming back to the organization. So that, uh, that grabbed my heart there. Uh, I don't know where all this tribute and all this stuff has come from, but the ducks decided not to do it for Boudreaux and I'm good with that. Um, I like the, I like the direction that the ducks are going. I think, um, uh, they're starting to play that heavy type of game that has made them extremely successful. I think they're, played much better defensively and you know I although I really like St. Louis a lot I still um I think there's just something missing there it's the same way that I feel about Nashville I I think you you take Shea Weber out of Nashville or you take uh David Backus out of St. Louis and I think you're not only missing missing. something on the ice I think you're missing something in the locker room so um certainly Anaheim would be the side that I would favor tomorrow night Okay, and with that, Dana, I see Jillian Fisher on hold. Uh, I'm going to let you go to your little mini vacation there. Thank you for the free picks for all of our listeners. Uh, Appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's not a problem. Hope you have a good weekend, guys. You too. As always, you guys can find Dana Lane at Dana Lane NHL on Twitter or at Dana Lane Sports for all of his sports information services that he does very well, I might add. 
and also as the voice of UNLV Rebel Hockey on their home games through their uh, YouTube twi- YouTube feed. So, again, Dana, thank you very much, sir. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you next week. I appreciate it. I just wanted to add as well that uh, UNLV did add a home game against BYU next Thursday. That might not have been on your original schedule, but they will be back home next Thursday at the Las Vegas Ice Center against BYU. Okay, yes, I did see that, and I, w- I did want to bring that up, so I'm remiss in, in doing so. But hopefully if things work out, I'll be able to ca- catch up with you out there at the game right now. I was planning to go see see that game because I think BYU should be a pretty good pretty good challenge for the Rebs there. It might be a good hockey game, not a 10-3 to blowout like we're used to with these guys. <laughs> well, we, we, we hope that it is 10-3, to but I'm sure BYU will come with its best, as it does in every sport, every time the uh, UNLV and BYU seem to meet up. Yes, quite quite the uh, quite the rivalry there up I-15. Anyway, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. And now we'll be going live with Jillian Fisher. And just three, two, one. Hello, Jillian. Are you there? Hey, I'm here. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing good. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Oh, thank you. you. you, you thank you guys you, for having me back. No, it's it's our pleasure. For for those of us that don't know, Jillian Fisher has, was on the show last year, and we had a really good time talking with her. She is a self-proclaimed sports anthropologist, and what that means is that she studies not only the sport itself, but the cultures and and societies that spring up and surround different sporting clubs. And she she's been all over the planet, uh, Spanish. Spanish soccer teams, European soccer teams, as well as uh, a deep love of the NHL and hockey itself. Um, mm-hmm. Just fresh <laughs> off of the Winter Classic. Um, before yeah. we get into that, though, uh, has has long time been affiliated with with Hockey Buzz and Eklund over there, but now focusing mm-hmm. most of her hockey content through fisherjillian.com. So if you guys want to look it up after the show, make make sure you go through there. And she also contributes for Sports Enter- Entertainment Today. Is that right, SET? Yep, that is correct, Sports and Entertainment Today. It's a little different. Uh, it's, it's actually geared a lot towards women and uh, just different things. I, I was always saying off of the ice, just because there's a lot of coverage of stuff, you know, the game and you have an analyst, analysts and stats and those things are all great. I love that I can get them so easy, but they've never been my personal strong point. <laughs> they've never been. I've my. always enjoyed looking at them, but when it comes to developing them, and uh, it's always been a struggle for me. So it's it's another side of sports is what we focus on. Yeah, I'm not the uh, I'm not the big analytics guy myself. But first, first, <laughs> let me apologize to you because before we yeah. scheduled the show, I failed to consult the NHL schedule this morning with uh, Flyers <laughs> Bruins caught up in a in a pretty exciting game I was watching. I, I very yes. remiss in not in taking you away from that that game this morning. So we apologize. For oh, that. no worries. No worries. It's that's the glory of the Internet today is that I can essentially hit pause and then play from where I started or I could just go and read through Twitter and kind of get a a play-by-play there if I really wanted to. So that, that is nice. And I can keep the box score up, and it updates pretty accurately. <laughs> yeah, well, last time I checked, it was 3-2. Uh, your Bruins were were uh, going into the third period. So I'm not sure if that still right now it's holds five tight. Right now it's 5-3. It is 5-3. Five, five, three. Three right now. So, yes, it's a little, it's, yeah. it's been a crazy game, it seems like. <laughs> 
I am not refreshing. One thing interesting about the Bruins before we get into your recent travels, um, look, looking at that game just from a, a, a little bit of a number standpoint, having the two teams get mm-hmm. together in uh, both both teams combining for over 60 shots a game, not your typical Flyers two to one matchup with uh, mm-hmm. 10, 10 to 12 roughing penalties going back and forth either way. This has been an, <laughs> a wide open stretch of hockey and, and maybe a tribute to Mr. Julian changing his philosophy a little bit and moving them into the one of the top power play and offensive teams in the league that a lot of people haven't recognized yet. I think that's also just the way you have to play in today's hockey. I think if you want to be successful, you have to adapt to to the game. The game is always changing, and th- that's the way you got to do it. I think because we see it's it's a much faster game, so that's what that's one way to combat that. And if you're always in the box, you can't. You're, you're always chasing the puck, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially especially in the Eastern Conference with with Pittsburgh and, and the Tampa Bays that have been rising over the last couple of seasons and, and Coach Coach Cooper's style of play, if you will, where you're trying to get all five men engaged and involved instead of just hanging your two defensemen back at the point and blasting it at the net and trying to bang in a rebound. It is it is evolving more toward that speed skill game in the East, which is fun to watch. Let me bring in Chris to say hello and, and kick off the, the talk about the Winter Classic. Chris, come on in, buddy. Hey, Julian, great to talk to you again. So um, the Winter Classic this year was in St. Louis. You were there. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk uh, by people saying, gee whiz, all these outdoor games, is it losing its luster? And I know you, I believe you went to last year's game in Colorado, so maybe mm-hmm. uh, in, in addition to what it was like in St. Louis, kind of get your take on that. It'd be uh, yeah. think of a better person's take. Yeah, honestly, I, it's funny because I've heard a lot of that, and I've been to quite a few of the outdoor games. I'm going to one in February, the Flyers Penguins. I was last year. I went to the one in Boston. I did Denver. I did Minnesota. I just did St. Louis. Um, so I've been to quite. A, I've been very, very lucky. I'll acknowledge that. Um, but I, cho- I personally choose to go to them, and you can. I mean. I'm sure, yes, the NHL is doing it in a way to make the most money for themselves. You know, that's, that's kind of, I think, why they cap it at three outdoor games. I think anything more than that just puts too much of a financial burden and you start to worry, um, you know, are we going to make enough money off of it? So there's, yes, the NHL might be in their, in some people's minds, you know, kicking a dead horse at a certain point. But I disagree that they lose their charm, they lose that specialness because, Every time I've been to one of these, and I, this is, you know, how many years are in are we? This is 2008 was the first one, I believe. Um, might even have been earlier. But, you know, I see and I hear fans see the ice for the first time in their home, in their home city where they've never seen a hockey game. And to hear their amazement and their excitement, it, does, it hasn't lost its charm. It, these games are still special, especially for these people who have never seen you know, Bush Stadium transformed to a hockey arena. And, you know, if you've never been to Bush, I have seen pictures, but, you know, when you see pictures, sometimes it just doesn't do justice when you see it for the first time for yourself. It's perfectly placed so that you see the arch right outside, like out in the outfield. So it's perfectly placed in that point. And for me, it never gets old. I go and I see these arenas and stadiums transformed, and it, it has yet to get old. The first time you see it, 
it has this charm and the energy is just different. I mean, it's outdoors. It's something you don't see every day. Even if you're only, you see it three times a year, maybe, but that's not a lot. If you think about it, it's only three times a year. There's 82 hockey games. Only a very, very small percentage gets to play outdoors. I don't think that they're losing their charm at all. Yeah. I think an important point too is like, this is, even though you might see similar teams in these games, like the Blackhawks and, the Penguins, mm-hmm. you know, NBC wants the stars, they want the big teams, but uh, I believe, you know, this was St. Louis's first outdoor game, the one you yep. went last to to Colorado, I believe it was their first outdoor game, so as long as they kind of keep moving it around and have the, the home team keep changing and, mm-hmm. and giving that experience to people, so, yeah. you know, who knows, St. Louis may not get another be- one for the next few years, you know, and then it's fresh. It'd be really cool also because at a certain point, you know, I would, I, you guys know I love Tampa. They're a great market down there. And it's, you know, yes, you can make hockey, outdoor hockey happen at a certain temperature. But Tampa, I think, might be a little bit too warm. I think even for them, it's just, you know, I look down at the weather and it's 75 degrees consistently. And just thinking an outdoor game with the sun's hitting the ice, uh, it'd be really cool to see them start playing them in these, like, historic stadiums or these historic arena outdoor arenas like i know um the, uh, in ohio i know that they said that the horseshoe they're not interested in doing it but if they could start trying to incorporate essentially that kind of aspect too we were talking a group of people from st louis and i we were saying how fun would it be if the nhl managed to pull off an outdoor game in sweden like just crazy crazy concepts that we know would never happen but uh it's just the idea that people are thinking like that it shows that they like this. They don't want it to stop. They they enjoy it happening, and they want to make sure that that it still stays fresh. And what was your One experience thing, what, like when you when you real quick, Mark, before I hand you back, uh, Angelina, back yeah. to you is uh, I want to ask her about Nashville because to me this is yeah. a very you know to me I remember when Nashville got you know entered into the league and I I was just shaking my head nothing against Nashville but when I thought of you know hockey diehards I did not think of you know, Nashville. Uh, so what was your experience like? Obviously, you've been in the league for a while now, now, and I don't know how many times you've been there. What was your experience like going there and seeing the game there and how uh, how they how have they drawn to Mr. Subban out there? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's you know, I don't like using the words non-traditional market because I just think, you know, if you put a hockey team there and the fans love it, it's now a hockey market. I, I mean, I, we – in my mind, it's not even non-traditional anymore. It's hockey can be anywhere. You can make it successful anywhere. But when you think about country and you think about you're at a bar with live country music and you have people when you're, you know, I have bought a pair of cowboy boots. It's not something you normally think of associated with hockey per se. And it's kind of like the soundtrack of hockey. I don't think the soundtrack of hockey is country music. So it wasn't, it it's not like you know or when i was in tampa and you're down there it's 95 degrees again it's that same concept where you don't imagine hockey there but when you see just how much they love it and the amount of people i talked to who had been there you know there's a lot of people i said oh how long have you been a fan or a season ticket holder and so many of them have been season ticket holders or you know part of the fan base since they came uh in 98 was it uh 98 and you know, but the other cool thing about that kind of market is you can come and be a fan two years ago and nobody's like, ah, oh, you're a bandwagon fan. So it's kind of this nice balance. You know, I talked to quite a few people also who were, you know, new fans, but they just fell in love with hockey. They felt like that, you know, this, this sport, and I worry like, you know, if you're in Philadelphia 
or Boston, it's kind of just like you're expected that hockey is, is something that happens there. But in Nashville, it's just a different, a different experience, but it's, they just really love it there. And people, there, there's Broadway's right outside of the arena, like right there. And I just didn't expect the bartender to ask me about, I had a predator's ugly, the ugly sweater on. And she just started talking to me about the Preds. And it's just, again, even in Philadelphia, sometimes I don't get that. You know, the people want to talk about football because it's football season and stuff like that. And in Nashville, they love hockey and they, they really do. They, they miss uh, Shea Weber. They really appreciate everything he did for them. Um, but they really do. I did not hear anything bad about PK Subban. The one game I've been there for two games now. The first game I was there, they they seemed to really be embracing him, and they really seemed to love love his uh, personality and just his excitement for the game and excitement for life. No, and and I'll agree. I'll agree with you on the 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 phrase non traditional hockey market because I've been well exposed to that since las vegas started our our uh, our our ticket drive way back when um and mm-hmm. and certainly certainly nothing is uh i'm not sure what the stigma is w- with that and as well as the the whole bandwagon fan thing i think mm-hmm. hockey somehow somehow generates that more than other sports we were talking a little earlier with dana lane about uh possibly the the las vegas team sharing an affiliate uh with the chicago wolves um Mm -hmm. and not not too long ago the chicago wolves were out drawing the chicago blackhawks two or three years in a row when chicago was (laughs) down in the doldrums but now the chicago blackhawks Mm -hmm. fans on the internet are the first ones to accuse uh, Kings fans of being bandwagon fans or, or, yeah. you know, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. weird that that stigma does come up around hockey more so than other sports. Is that kind of what you noticed as well in your travels? Oh, 100%. Oh, 100, 100%. And I think it's because hockey is, you know, as a fan, you feel like your, your sport doesn't get the coverage it deserves. You know how good it is. You know how much you love it. And you feel like you're a part of a different community. You like, I was talking to somebody in Nashville and I said, you know, in, in America, football, just liking football is the norm, but you actively choose to be a hockey fan almost everywhere in the U S if you're a hockey fan, it's because you have a different level of passion for the sport. It's not something you're generally casually watching. Uh, And I think with that comes this community where they feel a little bit more protective of it. It's like, are you really a fan? Because we, we get a lot of crap from the media about hockey. And if you're really not a fan, you know, and I think that's where it comes from, but I just, I don't like calling it non-traditional. It's never been something, you know, I just feel like if, if you love hockey, it's a hockey market. And sometimes it's easier to show up and pay money to go see a game when a team is doing well. You know, if you think about a family, a family of four paying for four tickets, it's like, do you really want to go and see your team be horrible? So I always feel the need to defend those types of fans because I get it. I do. Um, But you look at markets like Edmonton or any, anywhere in Canada really, and they have been showing up. So I, I get it, but hockey just is a different market in general. Um, but you'll never hear a non-traditional football market or a non-traditional baseball market. So it, it does only ever get applied to hockey. Right. And shout out to the fans in Buffalo too, who've been watching some pretty bad hockey for quite a long time and still yeah. regularly, regularly spark the top 10 in attendance. Um, 
So yeah. sh- shout out to the Buffalo Sabres fans as well. I know they're they're hugely rabid about their hockey, and you know Toronto yeah. Toronto as well. This year, it, this year being the exception over the last, you know, decade mm-hmm. of bad hockey there in Toronto as well. Uh, the, you know their fans, their fans. You know they might they'll all show up. They might throw their jerseys on the ice, yeah. but you know they're still going to sell their tickets there. Um, yeah, now yeah. you mentioned outdoor hockey temperatures. I will say that, uh, Las Vegas back in 1991, put on an outdoor hockey game with the Kings and the Rangers where the, the mm-hmm. game time temperature was 87 degrees and the, Ooh. the ice was, a, yeah, yeah. The ice was, a, it was actually held in Caesars Palace's parking lot. Me and my wife went to the game and the ice Ooh. was a little bit chippy, a little bit chippy. They had to stop and do a little bit of repair yeah. work on it, but uh, it, it held up well enough that the league deemed it safe to play, and they let Wayne Gretzky skate on it. So it, Okay, it, so you if, know, they let, if they let him skate it, on it. <laughs> there you go. That's, that was my barometer. If they're going to let the great one skate on the ice, it's got to be yeah. safe enough to play. Oddly enough, two, two days later, and I, I, I want to say it was in, in Nashville, but I could be mistaken. Uh, there was an indoor – nope, North Carolina, now that I remember. There was an indoor game yeah. that was going to be Kings and Rangers. The indoor ice was deemed unsafe to play, and they did cancel that game. Oh, my God. So uh, yeah. if uh, they – if they want to do an outdoor game do after, uh, with us, we could we could certainly do one here in Las Vegas once we build our football stadium. That's hopefully going to be announced soon as well. Well, they they did just file the paperwork, right? Oakland Raiders just filed that paperwork. I thought so. Yep, that's that's so uh, that. just we're waiting on we're waiting on twenty four votes. What twenty four votes? That's all we need. <laughs> but it is it's really exciting to see hockey coming to Vegas. I know. The one thing that is a little bit frustrating for me as somebody who appreciates different different fans in different places, I said it's a shame people are already hating on Vegas fans for being you know being non-existent, and it's like what have what have they done to deserve that? They haven't done anything except they bought the season tickets. So I do get a little frustrated with it, but I get I get hockey fans are I just say they're very passionate, and it's like a, a community that you've chosen to be a part of, and they just want to make sure if you're a part of it, you're really going to be in it. But I think uh, being more embracing of new markets would be really a, a, a step in the correct direction for hockey. Well, I, th- I think that the, it, it, the the culture around the game kind of bites, you know, cut off your nose to spite your face where you did mention that protective attitude about the game. But mm-hmm. to to just instantly come and attack us, for instance, um, when yeah. we, we haven't even dropped we haven't even dropped a puck here. All we did was sell 15,000 season seats. Uh, and then I'm going to hear from Winnipeg fans that say, yeah, well, we sold ours in seven minutes. It took you seven months. Yes, it did. Congratulations. You guys knew you had a team coming. We did not know we had yeah. a team coming when we sold our season tickets. Exactly. So it, 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 I think that attitude hurts. It, and, and, you know, the same, the mm-hmm. same people want to grow, you know, quote, grow the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know your hockey, you know, and, and but at the, at the same time, Growing the game and insulting the new fan base seems to be oxymoronic uh, to yeah, it. A how counterintuitive. Is, sure. How my what I wanted to ask you is: Have you seen? And I and I myself have seen it. I guess the longer I do this, the more people realize that actually I I do know just a tiny bit about hockey, watching it since 1980, yeah. <laughs> and um, that at least there's why I've, I've been told. Well, at least we know there's one hockey fan who knows their stuff in Vegas. Well, there, there's a couple uh-huh. more than just me. Um, but yeah. <laughs> how have you, have you noticed the tenor surrounding that softening a little bit as more and more people kind of get excited about 
actually Vegas being a hockey market coming up here? Now we're in the same calendar year. Uh, it depends on the market. I feel like, um, I think markets like Tampa markets like Nashville and St. Louis, I think are, are definitely softened up a little bit, or even like I was in New Jersey for part of the road trip to the winter classic and uh, they were really pumped. You know, a lot of the people I talked to were just excited to see another team in the league, another place to go to. You know, they were excited to travel there. I'm sure Vegas fans already hate that. But, you know, yep. it's exciting to see another team coming. It's you know, they they you want success for them. A lot of the people I've talked to, they're hoping for success. They're hoping to see it. You know, most people that I've talked to aren't hoping for failure. But it depends, again, the attitude I get depends on where I've been. And most markets seem to be pretty open to it. But, again, I think if you were to go talk to some Canadian markets, they're just, you know, they, it's, they feel, I think, the most protective of it, especially in America. Um, so I think, it, you know, I haven't talked to too many, like, Maple Leaf fans or anything like that. But I have a feeling that they might be a little bit more harsh. But it just seems like people, are, they really want success for it. They do. They're not hoping for failure. So, which is a little bit different than what I was first hearing about it. So (laughs) I've I've noticed that as well. And and it did take, you know, five months or so, six months to announce the team name uh, coming out of the announcement Mm -hmm. that we were granted a franchise. And one of the greatest things that I've heard uh, before the Golden Knights name was that we should just name ourselves the Nordiques because that's where they'll be playing in five years. And I, yeah. I thought that was I, I thought that was fantastic. Every time every time someone tweeted me that or emailed me that uh, with a picture of the Las Vegas Nordiques logo superimposed onto a meme, um, it was yeah. it was actually pretty outstanding to. And I've always said that I thought uh, the NHL is better with a team in Quebec City, and that for us to go in with Quebec City would have been a great barometer if if mm-hmm. if you'll let me use the terms non-traditional in this sense in that you do yeah. have a, oh, yeah. a, a, a really <laughs> rich a really rich tradition of of hockey mm-hmm. in Quebec City and a team a, you know a city like Las Vegas new to the sport where we would have been able to judge ourselves and place the barometer against that you know ticket sales and yeah. jersey sales and where we are in the standings mm-hmm. going in as a sister city with Quebec City would have been quite quite a neat barometer for us and unfortunately it wasn't able to happen but um i i guess there's still that that diehard let's hate on Vegas fan and and come Come October, we're going to start proving everybody wrong. Do you have any plans to come come out here to Vegas and uh, check out opening night or, or come along early in the season? I mean, we'd love to see I it. would love to. I'd love to. I'd love if we could get together somehow and make that happen because I'd love to be out there for that. I think that's going to be such a fun time. You know, there's going to be all eyes on the NHL are going to be there, and I think it'd be really fun to be a part of that. So if you guys – well, if we want to plan that, I am all on board for that right now. We'll definitely, uh, once the final payments are are made on on the season tickets, we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm in I'm in my payment plan yeah. now, and it, it's kind of odd because I'm I'm going to be credentialed media for the team, but I'm also dropping whatever it is uh, umpteen thousands on yeah. on a group of season tickets as well. So I'm I'm sure that we'll yeah. as we get closer to the date, we'll be able to make something happen. Mm-hmm. We've been able to do a live show from one of the bars down there around the stadium because they've done a nice job putting a couple bars, putting a couple clubs right That's there. Awesome. Uh, 
ride around and there's a, a really nice plaza for everyone to hang out. And when they did the uh, Frozen Fury, they had a little rink set up for the kids and they were out there skating and, cool. and shooting pucks. And when they announced the team name there in Toshiba Plaza, they put the hockey rink in the, in the plaza yeah. back up. So I'm, I'm sure that'll be a, a place <clears throat> excuse me uh it'll be a place that's gonna you know breed more and more hockey fans the more people yeah. come around and get into it so one thing i really like about <laughs> it, it, i know you had mentioned it would have been great if it could have been with uh quebec city with the nordiques i just For think sure. that it's really great to see vegas because i think a lot the thing i the biggest theme in the nhl i see right now is the pool between old versus new you know, whether you're talking about like the analytics guys versus the character player guys and all of these types of right. the, the embracing the new media versus traditional and all these things. And I think in no other sport do you see it as much as you see in hockey. Uh, and I think Vegas is a really great addition because it shows that the new isn't just bad, that the new can be good. And it, it's different. It's definitely going to be different but that doesn't mean it's bad. Different is not always bad. And I think that's a great way to kind of move and move the NHL towards some of that, because again, the old and the hockey really likes its tradition and that's great. There's a reason the tradition is there, but I think you have to start incorporating new traditions for new generation of fans. That's important because I think you don't, you know, if you live on the tradition of all the old, you're not letting any new tradition come in for, for fans who are, you know, my age and younger, who it never got to see or witness any of these great things that everybody talks about. And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't it have been cool if I get to see it too? That'd be fun. Um, so I think yeah, for sure. Vegas coming in would be good, be good for that. Well, and, and uh, oh, go ahead, Mark. No, no better example of that than, uh, Austin Matthews to Toronto being a Scottsdale mm-hmm. born kid and, and freely mm-hmm. saying that the, the only reason he chose hockey over baseball was because his parents took him to the Phoenix Coyotes as, as a young kid and he mm-hmm. fell in love with the game. So to have yep. that new market generate yep. a number one overall pick, he just came in and obviously yep. lit the league on fire and he's maybe a step below <laughs> McDavid, did. but He's, he's yeah. uh, wow, uh, you know, opening night for a goal game, and he never really looked back from that. Now he's in his first All-Star game. So the, that's a yeah. new dichotomy of the new joining the old and being yeah. embraced by a traditional fan. And I'm, I'm still waiting for his yeah. nickname to be the Arizona Kid. Um, I, he's a gunslinger, <laughs> and I, I want to get that out there right yeah. now. Hashtag Arizona Kid. Uh, I think that would Start be, it. Start I think, you know. Yeah, dress him up in in cowboy hats and six shooters with Nylander and and Marner and just let him go. I, I I'm all for yeah. that. It, it's like you say, embracing the new. Um, I want to I want to bring Chris in. He's got one last question before we let you go, Chris. Yeah. Hey, Jillian. So uh, we you know that you're a diehard Flyers fan. So yeah. what can you tell us about uh, your team this year? And you know, Ron yeah. Hexel's kind of in a a good tickle, I guess. He has a competitive team. He has more mm-hmm. coming in the pipeline. How aggressive will he be to try to, you know, make a short-term fix of that to make the playoffs, or is that not on the table for him? I don't think that's ever been his goal. I think his goal is always to to develop. You know, it's one of the things I think that fans are have been patient with for a while. They're trusting the process because for so long it was, hurry up and patchwork everything. And then that kind of imploded in our faces. <laughs> and so I, I think he 
honestly, if you take Columbus out of this picture right now, to me, the Flyers are, would be exactly where I expected them to be, right on the bubble of the playoffs, maybe, maybe getting in there. Um, but if not, you have such a young core that, you know, they're, even the players who aren't in the NHL right now, they're NHL talent for the most part. And that's exciting. That means people are getting experience. A lot of fans I know that I've talked to feel like this team is close to being a couple years away from really contending. Um, you know, and the good thing is, is that they have not, not only do you have somebody like Provorov who has is an exciting piece. He's showing that he is an NHL player. He has the potential to be an NHL star. You have so many pieces developing right now. You know, you have like Sandheim. Uh, you have Morin, Samuel Morin. You have all these players that there's so many developing right now. They're not all going to get to play in Philadelphia. He has some trading pieces there too. I don't think he's going to use those right now. I think I think holding on to maybe some of that until maybe next season or the seasons where they're really contending, that's where I expect him to see, start making some of those moves to kind of fix, to get a, get a good playoff run. But right now I think it's let's just follow the process. Yeah, well, another player, another player we highlighted in our in one of our draft shows, uh, Konechny is has come up yeah. and shown that he's going to be a good player uh, for a long time for the Flyers as well. Yes, it, it is an exciting time. You know, I was thinking of comparing the two Bruins and the Flyers, and I think for me, the Flyers, I'm biased because I am a fan, but I'm excited for the future there. Uh, whereas for the Bruins, uh, the future is a little less clear because their core is really veteran, which means what happens in two years when they are, are they still going to be where they are right now? Are they going to be in the NHL and that kind of stuff? So their, their core over there is a little bit more on the veteran side where you're like, okay, we have to, we have to try to make a move, I guess. Do we, do we may have to make a move? We're, we're competing well. You know, there's, there's a lot more, I think, confusion there in the sense that like, they're good enough to get to the playoffs, but can they make a run to the cup kind of thing? Whereas the Flyers, I don't think they're there. They're not making a run for the cup right now. But in a couple of years, I'm hopeful that they can at least try to be a contender should all the pieces continue to fall in place. Well, the Bruins will have Charlie McAvoy in a couple of years. It's something everyone should keep in keep oh. mind. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Long Island's own. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Really impressed. Really impressed at the at the World Juniors with with Mr. McAvoy there. Being being the the, the uh, Flyers fan, I want to know which side of the coin you're on before we let you go. Did the did the Flyers win the Mike Richards trade or did the Kings? <laughs> I gotta um, know. I mean, when you see the Kings have how many cups and the Flyers have how many cups, <laughs> um, that's you, that's kind of where I'm at with Flyers, it. Yeah, I mean, again, I liked both. When you think of Richards, he was a good. People liked him in Philly. He was a, you know, the the hard worker type of player. People were sad to see him go, but after they they got swept by the Bruins that year, you had a feeling something was coming. You didn't know how big it was going to be, um, and I think what happened, the fans were kind of upset because it was like you blew up the, the core of your team. And what do we do now? There wasn't like, like right now, if you blew up the core, you'd be like, why are you doing that? We have all this young talent developing. Um, but I, I would have to say that the Kings kind of made off on that one. But I mean, we do have, we, was Simmons, I can't, I get Simmons. Was he a part of the Jeff Carter trade? No, he was, he was on, he was on, he was on the Richards the trades. Carter, we so, got, Carter, I mean, we got from Columbus and, and Braden Shin came in that deal too. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and, if, if I was to look at it, whatever seasons they won the Stanley Cup, I mean, I was happy to see, you know, and the, my past Flyers winning cups that I loved. It was really exciting. But looking at it now, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with the trade. But I was thinking in the short term, what you're looking at right now, I think the Kings made off because they won some cups, which is all, the ultimate goal, right? Yep. And, and Simmons did turn into the player, 30 goal scorer, grit, uh, mm-hmm. stand up for your teammate kind of guy who does fit in with Philly real well. Shin kind of underperformed his, his number four overall draft pick. Um, but mm-hmm. Simmons definitely, uh, turned into the player that I thought he would be and, and was the one mm-hmm. piece in that deal that I, I did not want to see go the other way, but, uh, as a Kings fan, I'm, I'm obviously on the side that, uh, and, and you know what, however it ended in LA, that's, uh, it is what it is, but you go back to the the 2012 and the 2014 (laughs) season, they got cups, Philly still building. So, uh, that's, that's where I'm at with that. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I mean, they're, I like both players. They're, they, I think in Philly, it has worked out in the sense that Simmons did turn out to, you know, he's an all-star player. He's going to, he's going to the all-star sure. game. Um, but, you know, when we, once we get those cups is when I'll be happy. <laughs> well, there's going to be, there's going to be quite a, uh, you know, the, the, just the whole, there's, there's a youth movement going on in the NHL where these mm-hmm. over the top, mm-hmm. just highly talented kids are coming in at 18 mm-hmm. years old. And it seems like almost year after year after year that there's 18, 19 mm-hmm. year old kids coming in that is, is it's going to change the league. And, and I think it's an exciting time for Las Vegas going into this year's amateur draft and the expansion mm-hmm. draft and being able to pull in that fresh group of young talent that it's, it's going to be, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be super hard for a team that doesn't already have maybe some of those key pieces in place like Philly in their farm system and are mm-hmm. hanging around that middle of the pack. Will I make the playoffs? Okay. If so, it's going to be a yeah. first round exit. Uh, or do I just miss the playoffs and pick 14th overall like Vancouver's been yeah. stuck? Uh, and, and it's yep. going to be really hard to change direction of franchises coming in the next few years unless you are in that top five draft positions and getting players like a yeah. Proveroff and a Connecting and, and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I think Philly's going to be right there in two to three years in the East with Toronto and the Buffaloes and the up-and-coming young teams that they have yeah. there. It'll be It'll be interesting for sure. We're I think we're already seeing the impact of like that young talent by all the like streaks you're seeing, people going on these crazy win streaks. And I, I always yeah, think because there's so many young players that they're you know, they have this moment, this burst of energy and they're still learning. So then they you know, I know that's probably not directly correlated, but I think it has an impact because this season more than ever I'm seeing these crazy long win streaks, like a ten game I mean Columbus had their win streak. The Flyers had a ten game win streak. So there's all Minnesota. these going around. I do, yeah, Minnesota. These all these teams, and you know, the, I do think the Capitals are on one too. I think right now a ten game or eight game. Yeah, win they're streak. on fire. So there's all of these, yeah, all these crazy win streaks. And I do, I joke that I think it's because there's so much of this young talent in the league where they're still learning their ways and still figuring, you know, getting over those hurdles and. I think that has an impact on these big bursts of energy these teams are having. So it's an exciting time. The NHL is a fun sport. I don't, I, I don't get how people don't, you know, it's not in the mainstream as much as some of the other ones, but I think in Vegas, it, it's going to be a lot of fun over there. And I'm looking forward to getting there for opening day. Absolutely. We'll be looking forward to seeing you. Well, uh, I think you're probably only half joking. If you, I mean, I'm sure you're afraid you're they're young enough to not know any better. 
Um, they, they don't know that they're supposed to sit in the minor league for four to five years to learn how to play hockey and then come in and yeah. play fourth line minutes and sit in the press box until they're 24. Like, the Detroit Red Wings yeah. did for so many years to build their cup championship. Yeah. You didn't have a chance of seeing the mm -hmm. ice until you were probably six years in the organization, no matter how mm -hmm. good you were. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. and there is that young enough not to know better mentality where they're still, you know, 18 years old, you still, you're still cocky and you think, you know, everything. And I think mm -hmm. that probably plays a lot into the, 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 the win streaks and, and the attitude around the NHL now that, that it is turning into that, yeah. that young game. And, and the, the newer coaches, I think they're, they're more apt to, to continue giving those kids ice time, even mm -hmm. if they do a misadvised pinch up the boards and give up a two on one breakaway yeah. the other way. As, as long as the kids are showing that, okay, they're learning from those mistakes and, and mm -hmm. not repeating them. Um, I know the ghost has been in the, in the coach dog house because he has yeah. been, uh, repeating yeah. mistakes of that fashion and maybe his rookie year came too easy to him and now he is learning yeah. to know better but uh just in a general sense i think you hit it right on the head chris you got anything else for jillian today no that's it and uh great to have her on again and uh uh mm. jillian again where can people find your stuff uh, I I do a lot of stuff on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Fisher Jillian, and then my website I do a lot of stuff there. It's again FisherJillian.com, and if you're ever interested in checking out Set Media, it's a, I do a lot of stuff where I focus on the good side of sports. I focus on the impact that sports has on people's lives in the sense of charitable work and you know those visits where they go and surprise the kids in the hospital. Those kinds of moments I think don't get touched on enough. So. I do a lot of that on Set Media, and that's setmagazine.com. And if you guys ever, if you're ever interested, ever want to talk, uh, I, I'm pretty responsive to comments and tweets. So at Fisher Jillian. All right, that's great. I, and I did notice on your on your website today, scrolling through it, that you do have a whole section set aside for the good side of sports. Which, uh, yeah, you're I right. Uh, those those are the kind of stories that are pretty awesome that don't get touched on quite enough. So yeah. I appreciate that. And hopefully, as we yeah. get closer to next season, that we'll be able to work yeah. something out, and uh, we'll get you out Definitely. here for opening night and 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 get a piece written up there on. Uh, what's hopefully yeah, going definitely. to be a successful addition to the National Hockey League. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me as always. And I'm looking forward to hockey in Vegas. All right. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks again. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Jillian Fisher, uh, fisherjillian.com. Check out all her stuff and also her Twitter handle is the same Fisher Jillian at Fisher Jillian. And she, she does look at, at sports from that cultural angle, which if you're not an analytics type of guy uh, and you do go or a girl and you do go into the, the stories and, and that kind of, of, of sports coverage, then Jillian Fisher's right up your alley. Hey, Chris. Absolutely. Great guests as always. Great having her on. She's been to a lot of, a lot of great uh, markets, arenas, events with the winter classic. So uh, definitely check check her out her articles at our website. Check her out on Twitter. Follow, give her a follow. Uh, really, really great stuff. And uh, I'm glad you brought up that Austin Matthews point because I was just about to, uh, as well in terms of the whole thing of traditional, non-traditional. And uh, you know the sport is growing, which is a good thing. You know, nobody, I agree, nobody wants to go to a market that's not going to work. Uh, but sometimes these things are trial and error. Hence, you know, markets like Atlanta, things like that. But, you know, sometimes you have to do that to find the Nashvilles and, 
to find what I believe will be a huge hit in, in, in Las Vegas and, and, and uh, you know, moving forward. So uh, uh looks like the Bruins are about to win that game over the Flyers. So that's a big game based on uh, where the where the standings are at. I think they were up 5-3 with about a minute to go. But uh, so uh, next week, my friend, we have another great uh, show coming up. We'll have uh, Dana Lane back, of, of course with the latest on UNLV and the Golden Knights. And uh, our guest uh, next week will be Alan Zordosinski, who I co-host with, uh, along with Brian Yates over the NHL on the ice. And um, he's going to break down the Capitals for us, who's, you know, all of a sudden uh, knocking on the door of uh, first place in the Metropolitan, one point behind uh, Columbus, uh, eight-game winning streak. They've really quietly had a strong year all along. It's just the other teams were playing about a game or two better, and Washington had played a game or two less. So it felt like they were further back than they really were, and now they're on a roll. And, and for all you Vegas uh, Golden Knights fans, this is a must-listen because uh, Allen's around our age, Mark, and uh, he's been a lifelong Capitals fan. So uh, there is no better person to talk about to get the skinny on George McSee than uh, Mr. Allen Z because uh, he, he, uh, he knows the Capitals, like I said, like the back of his hand, so he can give us a – a great rundown of uh, Mr. George McPhee. I'll be looking forward to that, definitely. Um, you're doing that pretty regularly now. Why don't you give a little little, little shout-out for the uh, other podcasts that you're getting involved with? Yeah, it's at, at, uh, you can find it on Twitter, uh, at the NHL on the ice. It's at NHL O-N on underscore the underscore ice. Uh, the show is live on Mondays uh, from 7 to 9. Uh, you can uh, find it uh, on FanSpeak Radio, um, uh, as well as, I believe, WBLZ.com. And, uh, yeah, last week we actually had Brian Blessing on. Uh, gives the rundown. I heard that Vegas. one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was pretty, it, was pretty, it was pretty good, uh, if I do say so myself. So, I know Alan, I'm not sure who we have on this Monday. I know Alan's uh, pushing to get a pretty strong guest. I hope he does because the guy has Long Island roots, the member of the NHL media, that's all I'll say. And um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. So, uh, uh, yeah, so that's a two-hour show every Monday from 7 to 9. But uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to having him on our show next week. And and uh, we're going to have, uh, after him, Miss Dan Petrion, who is part of the Hockey Buzz team as well and then it's just a couple of weeks away from our big nhl roundtable show so try to sneak in a sh- show on the wild we really we really haven't had a guest on the wild so i've been working on that as well want to get that in before the roundtable show uh um have someone break down like what has changed in the water this year for the wild uh, it was Coach Boudreaux, probably, and Duden yeah. returning to form uh, that he did the second half of of the season two seasons ago when he went on that crazy 29-3 and three or 29-7 and seven stretch to finish the season. Um, I, I'd say that those two points would be – And Coach Stoll. Boudreaux – Yeah, hey, Eric Stahl, yeah. absolutely a little rebirth oh. there for him. He, he couldn't uh, – and you know I'm an Islander guy, but – and I'm not trying to pick on him. He's been a pro's. He's been a pro's pro uh, his whole career, but he couldn't look worse. And granted, it was a small sample, but it wasn't like he had a great year with Carolina last year. Any worse with the Rangers last year? And then, you know, the Rangers have players around him, 
uh, you know, they have a good team. Uh, but in all capacities, offensively, defensively, he just had a real rough go of it. And um, so, uh, and, you know, he's in his early 30s now, so you thought, hmm, you know, as, as uh, he lost a step or two. But he's, he's had a, a real good year for them. So we definitely have to, we're, that's what we're, we're working on before the roundtable show, the 12th. So that would be Super Bowl weekend. So we'll have to definitely do that show on Saturday. So um, um, we're working on uh, trying to find some uh, – we're working on some guests, possible guests for the wild. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. it. And, uh, you know, and as we go along, we'll have more and more news on um, on the Golden Knights. Maybe maybe we can uh, see – we can try to pry away Mr. McPhee one more time as we uh, as we get closer. Uh, he talk, talking with him uh, not too long ago. He said he'd look forward to doing uh, doing the show many more times. It's just a schedule permitting thing. So we'll get in touch with yeah, with them great. over there, and hopefully, uh, hopefully before the expansion draft and after the trade deadline is kind of what I'm hoping for. I know he's going to be busy at at that time, but um, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, he. Uh... I'm a little jealous. Uh, it's amazing how things uh, could have, would have been if the Islanders would have lost that series to the Panthers. I got a funny feeling he would be the general manager out here now. It's amazing how life works sometimes. Yeah, sometimes one, sometimes something you look at as a setback ends up being uh, the just the step forward that you need. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, uh, all right. So an, another great show in the books, and if I may say. Uh, people can find our shows on SoundCloud. They can find it on iTunes. They can also go to thehockeywriters.com. Uh, well, you know, check out some of our past shows. Last week we had Rob Soria on, along with Dana Lane, of course. Uh, Rob Soria is the hockey writer, talking about the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, recently we've had on, oh boy, why am I drawing a blank? But we've had a lot of good people on. You know, we've had Philip Biver on. Uh, check out our interview with Col- Colton Prehill and Mark Scheid came in and broke down That's the right. jackets and the senators for us. That was, I thought that was a really good show because it gave us, you know, two different perspectives on uh, teams that were in similar spots. Um, so it, that that kind of that's kind of a good show to listen to too. Is Colton and Mark Scheid there? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. No, that was a, a very good show to listen to. And no, I was hanging in there. I give them credit. I mean, obviously, you know, without Craig Anderson and the situation his family's going through, but uh, you know, again, they've played less games than quite a number than most teams. You know, they're eight games over five hundred. Um, they're they're having a uh, they're having a solid season. I know the analytics people will get on them that their goal uh, differential is zero, but um, I, I think they – and, you know, they're not getting anything from Bobby Ryan. Uh, I mean, what a what a disaster. I don't know what happened to him. But uh, uh, he's tread downward every year, and this year he's he's really bottomed out. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Wait, one more point? I was going to say, I don't think he's going to be in, in Las Vegas next year. That won't be who we'll be choosing, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I wanted to talk with yeah. Jillian about is is who on the flyers that they were that she thinks might be uh, left exposed, and well, I know, let that one get away from me. So I apologize. For well, that. you know what? Oh, real quick, from all the articles I've written on Vegas the last two three months, they probably have one of the weaker. Uh, they're going to have one of the weaker exposed lists in the league. 
I would say, you know, they'd be in that bottom five range. Not as bad as, let's say, someone like Arizona or New Jersey, but not much better. You know, I, you know, maybe a Matt Reed kind of guy uh, if they wanted to go there. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if McPhee took someone off their AHL squad or someone who's toggling between their AHL team uh, in terms of from a salary cap standpoint. And so not not the greatest in terms of the Flyers. All right. Well, uh, one thing I did want to I did want to get out there, and I noticed it this morning, is that sometimes when I download the uh, blog talk radio portion of the show and filter it through, and then upload it up to SoundCloud, uh, the Mark Prehill Colton Mark Mark Shai Colton Prehill show, especially I was listening to this morning. Uh, there's a lot of audio problems with them as it goes from the Block Talk Radio to the SoundCloud. So we're going to be working on that. If you guys have noticed that, um, and if there's any other episodes that have come through that that didn't have quality, uh, email the show Mark Warner at Vegas Hockey Podcast, and we're going to try and get those those bugs in the system worked out. Because I was listening this morning, it really bothered me that that did not come through as clear as it should. So other than that, I've, we've had a good show. We'll be looking for forward to you know having the show next week uh we'll tweet out during the week at vegas hockey pod on twitter and we'll be looking forward to, to doing the show next week for chris on mark and we're gone Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.